0: Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire your walk with God. For more information about our church and community, check out myc3church.ca. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Sunday is our favorite day of the week. And um, we were away last week. Thank you for back in One, where everybody knows you by your first name and the kind of truck you drive. and um, also in C3 Saskatoon so that was a lot of fun but you had a 3x7 last week excellent, right? Peter and Stephanie and Caleb so thank you very much for doing that we started a new series called Supernatural and we're wanting to um, I think each year this should be part of our our regular diet is understanding that the supernatural should be natural for a follower of Christ and um, I find when I look at our culture, that there's quite a, quite a fascination with the supernatural. Um, you'll see that throughout your uh, watching what are, the, what are the new movies, what are the new television programs coming out, there's lots of interest in the supernatural. Some of the movies that you may have seen recently or have seen over the last little while, maybe some of you just remember. Does anybody remember uh, Touched by an Angel? Yeah. yeah. Sort of pedestrian, not, not like in the same category television program, Lucifer, but nevertheless interesting. Do we have a couple of pictures of uh, some of the movies that we've seen lately? Some of you remember um, Angels in the End Zone? Whatever. Um, Angels and Demons, of course. Highway to Heaven, wasn't that great? Michael Landon. Where did he go anyway? Um, anyway, we miss Michael Landon um, and The Little House on the Prairie and that whole thing. But um, if you look through the what's playing at movie theaters, there will always be something supernatural. And of course, you'll find recently lots of superhero movies and uh, people with superpowers, which you and I, born-again, spirit-filled followers of Christ, actually do have superpowers. Maybe not quite like the super superheroes, but nevertheless, supernatural. I was uh, interested in... Um, this whole thing about angels for the last number of months. And, um, and, you know, I am absolutely amazed at how many passages in Scripture there are about angels. It's, it'll, it would, it, it, and, I've, and I find it really hard to narrow down a passage or two that I want to share. But one of the things I think that we need to be aware of in these days, which are the end times, is we need to be learning about how we're discerning the spiritual activity that's taking place around us. And there's lots of it. Um, Nikolai Te- Tesla in 1929, he actually was able to predict cell phones in 1929. He said, We'll be able to communicate with one another instantly, irrespective of distance. Not only this, but through TV and telephones, we shall see and hear one another as perfectly as though we were face to face, despite intervening distances of thousands of miles, and the instruments through which we shall be able to do this will fit in our vest pockets. 1929, because he was able to see and anticipate things at that time that most people weren't able to see or even anticipate. I'm suggesting that you and I today need to become more and more aware of the spiritual activity and learn to be discerners based on not what culture is saying through movies, but what the Bible says about the supernatural. And we need to look clearly at these angelic beings because they were actually part of specific times in history. Does any of you recall from, the, the, from Christmas and the Christmas story in um, Matthew chapter 1? If you have your Bibles, I'm going to use quite a bit of scripture. I'll use the mostly references. But it says in chapter 20, as Joseph was considering what was taking place, he fell asleep and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and directed him. We are, we are in those days where, we're, where Joel prophesied that he'd pour out his spirit. Sons and daughters would, would prophesy and see visions and dream dreams. And we are, we are in the, that time. Verse 24 says he woke up and he did exactly what the angel of the Lord commanded. A unique being, that angel of the Lord. We'll look at different kinds of angels next week. In Luke chapter 1, we're told, again, of the significance before Christ came. And I think there's going to be, and there is, much more angelic activity now before he comes again. You know he's coming again. He's coming again. In Luke chapter 1, it says in verse 11, Zachariah was in the sanctuary when the angel of the Lord appeared standing to the right of the incense altar. Zachariah was overwhelmed with fear, but the angel said, don't be afraid. It's quite common when angelic appearances show up that people become fearful. But we're also told that in chapter 13 of Hebrews, actually um, that we, can, we have entertained or we could entertain angels that we're not aware of. Later on, he says in verse 18, Zacharias said to the angel, he's having a discussion with the angel. Angels can hear, angels can talk. How can I know this will happen? I'm an old man and my wife is also well along in, in years. Verse 19, then the angel said, I'm Gabriel. Angels have names. Gabriel. I'm Gabriel, and I stand in the very presence of God. This is very telling about what angels are like. Angels, let me just finish this. It was was he who sent me to bring you this good news. And a little further on in chapter 1, where where, um, Mary, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's birth, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a virgin named Mary, and he explained to her what's going to happen. To her. Angels, by definition, the word in the New Testament is angelos. There's a city named after angels. Los Angeles, the city of angels. Angelos primarily means a messenger, and it can mean an angelic messenger or a human messenger. But we see that many of the angel appearances in the scripture, they actually come with a message. So this implies that somebody's giving them a message to share with people on earth. This to me is mind-blowing, that we can have a message from angels. Here's my concern as I talk about angels and my wife's a little bit more. That we could, we could create a, a, an unhealthy fascination with angels. My concern is that we ignore them. <laughs> Both extremes would be dangerous, wouldn't you agree? Because they're very biblical. There's over 300 references in Scripture. And and there's actually more in the New Testament than the Old Testament. Which indicates to me that we need to be aware of these ambassadors that somehow get commissioned and sent from either a council chambers, a boardroom, someplace in heaven. Where they're attending and they're sitting around the throne. Or there's some place... And I feel like I've got more questions and answers today. But they're being commissioned and sent with messages for you and I. And sometimes they appear in their glorified state, which could be frightening. Because they look like glowing beings. And other times they appear just like the average Joe. And that's why in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13... It says, um, so don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without knowing it. Time Magazine did a survey to ask how many people believed, what percentage of people believed in angels. An extremely high percentage of people may not believe in Jesus, but they sure believed in angels. High percentage. It's like 70-some percent believed in angels. That's interesting to me. There was somewheres in the 30% range of people who believed they'd had an encounter with an angel. Do you know, or do you know of somebody who's had an encounter with an angel? They're real beings. They're just outside of our ability to see them. But sometimes they step across. And when they do, they show up not in a glorified state, but they, glo- they show up just like people. People. And in the Old Testament, many times they would show up, and specifically in Genesis chapter 18, when Abraham was, these three people approached him, he said three men approached him, and he talked to them like they were one. Many scholars think that, that was the Trinity that showed up. Others, it talks about where then, of those three, then two kept walking along, and it's just sort of mysterious that how they appear and how they don't appear. And he said, they look just like men. And then he cooked them some food. Angels eat angel food. <laughs> <clears throat> it's quite interesting, though, to think about that because it very easily could be that that's one of, the, one of the definitions of manna. Could easily be that the angels prepared food for the Israelites every day. We're told of the book of Revelation that actually that it was a message that was delivered from an angel. And the message in the first two chapters was an angelic message to specific churches. What if every church has an angel? What if our church, because at our previous location, I asked the Lord to park guardian angels over each corner. And then I asked them to show them to me. And you know, I believe many times when I pray through that parking lot that I would see them, but I didn't see them physically. What if in these days the Lord would tune our spiritual senses to be able to see across the veil so that we could see the angels? The problem is sometimes when you see into the spirit world, you also see darkness as well. Because some of the angelic beings fell. But there are still thrones that are held in heaven regarding angels. Um, the, um, the, the Christmas story has lots of angels around it. I'm kind of glad when we, when we hear that story... Uh, It's a a wonderful uh, life. I'm kind of glad that I don't have an angel like Clarence. (laughs) Clarence was a worn out angel and was back on earth trying to earn his stars and bars. Um, Interesting, isn't it? Unbiblical, completely unbiblical. But if we don't look at scripture to get our reference points from, we'll actually end up thinking that some of culture is telling the truth. We're, we started watching Christmas movies uh, a few days ago. Hallmark, favorite chant, favorite. Um, they have a couple, couple of them have Santa as an angel. Has anybody seen some of those where like he appears and he disappears and he shows up and, you know, big and... What do angels look like? I, I, we're going we're gonna to explore that in a minute. And what do they do? Um, but, but in chapter 1 of Hebrews... It says that what are angels? First of all, angels are messengers. And it says here in chapter 1 of Hebrews, um, verse 14, therefore angels are only servants. What's an angel? An angel is a servant. Spirit sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. Those of us who have surrendered our lives to Christ and are now our heirs, we actually have angelic beings that are present to serve us. This is, to me, wild, because there's a little bit of a danger of getting the Holy Spirit and Jesus and angels kind of mixed up. So I want us to stay really straight on what's their function what's not their function, what they're like, and keep that straight. Um, angels. Are not, are not all angel spirits in divine service sent to serve for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? Bible says in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So we know there's a physical creation that took place, and you and I are physical beings that inhabit the earth. He also created the heavens, where there were spiritual beings that we are simply unable to see. So he created another dimension. And if you have faith to see a cross, and many times this happens in the life of children, is they have imaginary friends and they see things, and, and somewhere between the ages of 9 to 12, our brain development shifts from an alpha state to a beta state or a beta to an alpha, something like that, where we now are able to reason and logic and separate things. And, but maybe you know. My son used to often say to me, when I go in to tuck him in at night and pray with him, he would say, can you see them, Dad? And I say, what's he talking about? He said, no, can you see them? They're in the doorway right now. Can you see them? And, you know, me and my left brain orientation found it really difficult. And you kind of want to, you know, when you're praying, pray a little extra prayer for sort them out, Jesus, because he's seeing things. But the danger as parents is to steward our children and, and out, out, steward them outside of the supernatural dimension. Um, <clears throat> I said, coach me a little bit what they look like. And you can, you can see at different times where people will describe, they'll describe what happened. Well, there was a presence, and what did it look like? Well, I'm not exactly sure. Just before my dad passed, he talked about have being visited. He said by female angels, which the Bible doesn't talk about female angels, but I'm just going to say that was dad. <laughs> they would have been pretty or something. I don't know. But he said, and, they were, and she stood right, and, and they'd start to talk, and they'd stop talking. He so said, I'm not going to be able to describe it well enough. But it was amazing. These, these messengers, or servants, they showed up. And, um, and somehow, it's even the interesting about Eugene Peterson, when he was passing, he said he began to converse in his Pentecostal language, they said in the leadership journal. The <laughs> Bible says there's tongues of men and angels. It's interesting to me, I think, about what what they're like. But it says that angels carry out a commission on earth from heaven. And there is a dimension outside of our own that is just as real and mostly unseen. It says in Revelation chapter 19, and um, there's an instance where John is being instructed by an angel and it says, the angel said, write this down for blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said, no, no, don't worship me. Don't worship me. I'm a servant of God just like you. Isn't this interesting? He said, I'm no different than you. Don't worship me. I'm, not meant, I'm a created being. I'm not designed to be worshipped. There's one who we worship. But, but it's quite interesting to me that angels show up in corporate worship times. What if you, during worship next Sunday, you said, Lord, just open my eyes to see the angelic activity that takes place. Did you know that worship attracts angels? This is, this is well, this is what we're told in Je- Revelation chapter 5. Um, Reve- the, Revelation chapter 4 gives you a context. It shifts to a heavenly perspective. I looked and I saw a door open in heaven and a voice began to speak to me and the voice said, come on up here and instantly I was in the spirit and I saw the throne room and someone sitting on it the one sitting on the throne was a, was brilliant as gemstones. He, he's trying to describe a spiritual experience with physical words. The glow of emerald circled around the throne, and then there was. Uh, and then he he talks about um, how that there was worship taking place in front of the throne, and how that it says that there was in the center and around the throne there were four living beings. He doesn't say there were angels. You should when you read about angels in the Bible, you should ask yourself the question: which ones have wings and which ones don't? Because if you're not careful, you'll think they all do. May I say this? A few years ago when we were at the Sistine Chapel and I looked up on the roof and you see these chubby little naked creatures. The Michelangelo seem to think we're angels. Nowhere in Scripture does it describe angels as chubby and naked. It shows them as glorious beings. Powerful. And it says what happens here, uh, he, he refers to, because there's a, There's a group of angels called cherubim and seraphim, and and they are odd. Now, be careful thinking that everything that's odd is God, because that's not true. But the seraphim and the cherubim really were. (laughs) And it says that the first one looked like the living being. He calls them living beings, not angels. But they're other dimension beings, and he says that this is what they looked like. One had the form of a lion, the second one like an ox, the third like a human, and they, had, and they actually with wings spread as though in flight. And each of these living beings had six wings, and the wings each covered their eyes, and on day and night they were going, holy, holy, holy. Each person in the Godhead is the Lord God Almighty and the one who was and is to come. And whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one li- li- sitting on the throne and the one who lives, say other. And then there's 24 elders they fell down and worship, And <clears> then <throat> they put their crowns and they said, Worthy are you, O Lord. And it's interesting, I think, that it seems like angels are very attracted to worship. It could easily be that they would lead worship in heaven. could easily be that they were actually giving direction to the wor- worship service in heaven. Uh, the only times that I've specifically, sorry, the most times I've seen angels in my, with my spirit eyes has been in worship. They're very attracted to corporate worship and personal worship as well. Um, so what do they do? I want to just talk about quickly the intrinsic nature of angels. What do they do? Well, first of all, they do is they're told. <laughs> they're, they're obedient. They're um, obedient. Psalm chapter 103, verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength. They're not weak. They're strong. And they're powerful. You excel in strength. You who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. They stand at attention when God's word is read and and when it's declared and when it's acted upon. Angels are patient. Numbers 22 talks about an interaction with a, 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 a disobedient prophet named Balaam. And they just wait until they're instructed or until the word of the Lord is declared. I think that that happens when we read Scripture, but I also think it happens when we begin to live out Scripture. They're extremely patient and they wait for the word of the Lord to be declared. What if your angels have been waiting for decades for you to move out in the things of God? And then they move along with you as you go. What if they're just patiently waiting for you to... Simply obey the word of the Lord, because that's what they do, it says in Psalm 103, is they heed the word of the Lord. Number, number three, they're powerful. Revelation chapter 5 and, and verse 2, in many places we see that he calls them mighty angels. They're powerful. They're patient. They're obedient. They're pure. Mark chapter 8 and verse 38, he's, he's, they're called holy. What's that mean? It means that they don't they don't involve themselves in anything unethical or anything immoral. And I think there's many things that take place in the kingdom of God, or sorry, that's labeled the kingdom of God, and it's not assisted by angelic beings because it's unethical and immoral. They're pure, and they're holy. Number Number five, they have a personal will. It's said of Lucifer, I will, I will, I will. They're not made or forced to obey. It's their privilege to obey. They have a will. They make a decision. They have spiritual bodies. And when they appear in three dimensions, Hebrews 13 and 2 says that they look just like you and I. They have hands and feet and mouth. And First Corinthians 15 and verse 44 reminds us they're not ghosts, they're not imaginary, but they're very real, very powerful, very intelligent. And he says if there's a natural, then there's also a spiritual. <clears throat> Number seven, they're fast. Revelation chapter 8 and verse 9 says that they can move at accelerated speeds. And may I suggest that they can move at the speed of light at least 186,000 miles per second. That's pretty fast. Speed of light. They don't get tired. Revelation chapter eight 4 and verse 8 it says night and day they would worship. Do you know one of the things that you can, those of you who aren't able to sleep at night... You should just remind yourself that the angels that are surrounding you got it covered yeah. while you sleep. Yeah. You don't need to sit up and worry and fret because they don't, night and day, makes no difference to them. Number, number eight, there's so, number nine, they eat food. We talked about that. Um, and number 10, seen in Genesis 28 verse 12, it's first seen at the house of God Bethel <clears throat> where they're coming and going. In Matthew chapter 4 and verse 11, Jesus has been through a significant spiritual battle. And it says, the angels attended to him, bringing him food and water and ministering to him, coming and going. And in John chapter 1 and verse, I think it's 52, where they were ascending and descending and ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Why, he was, a, he was at a very critical stage in his ministry of picking disciples for his end times mission. You and I need to be aware that when we're fulfilling kingdom mandates that we've got assistance, some of the hosts of heaven that are accessible for you and I to fulfill the work that the Lord has commissioned you and I to do. I personally think that every time we're given another level of responsibility in the kingdom of God, we're given other angels as well to help fulfill that. Personal belief, uh, I could probably find scripture to back it up. I, I don't care to at this point. Well, I mean, it could be true. I mean, I just think that that's possible. I haven't found it, but... These are some personal ideas. How many are there? Well, it says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 22, there's an innumerable company. You may as well say there's an unlimited amount. Can I say this? There's no shortage of angels. No shortage. Um, One of the terms used for them is hosts, which is a a military term. Refers to warriors for military service, an organized angelic army. He called. it. In in Psalms, it was called, one of the words for the Lord is the host of heavens, of the army angels. Warring angels. What do do hosts do? They, they, They protect, they guard the king and the kingdom, its inhabitants. They implement strategies, they patrol borders, they enforce jurisdiction, steward resources, enforce covenants, keep weapons. And they war against threats and they protect and assist the king's family. So just to recap... Angels are worshiping curious messengers sent by God with messages that help for you and I fulfill the salvation and the redemption purposes on the earth. I think that's wonderful. Um, who commends them? We'll talk about that next week. Um, last spring I was in Edmonton and a, um, someone who is a, we would call a seer. He says, "Are you? For, are you? Have you met your angels?" This is weird language for me, um, but I was quite interested. I said, "Well," he said, "because I could see them tonight." But the one specifically began to activate and move as soon as you began to pray for people. And I thought that's pretty interesting to me—that when I move, they move. He said, "No, no, but he's really big, and you should see him. His head touches the ceiling." Gosh, that gave me a bit of comfort to know I wasn't ministering alone. I, you can't replace this with the Holy Spirit. Right? Because, but, but what you can, but we, I think what we need to be aware of, this is, we're told in Luke chapter 15 that actually some of the activity on earth actually creates some activity in heaven. He says well, when one soul comes to Christ, he says there's great joy in heaven and the angels celebrate. This morning, if someone gives their life to Christ, this will activate a whole host of, of Angels doing the happy dance in heaven. Angels don't whine. They're joyful. But they're a little bit, you know, they're waiting for the word of the Lord. I think this is wonderful. Um, he's, yeah, he said, have you seen them? He said, but he, here's what he said. He said, but when you began to pray for people, he got very excited and very animated. And he couldn't wait for you to pray for another, pray for another, pray for another. I don't know. I didn't see him. But I just was interested that because, honestly, many times when I begin to pray for people, I'll sense a certain strength. And I know it's extra strength that I didn't have at first. I always believe that's the Holy Spirit, which I think it is. But I think he he, he brings along a little power assist. What do they look like? Isn't this interesting? I'm going to roll the video because there's been a few angels caught on camera. There's no way I can verify the authenticity of this. But it kind of backs up. Our biblical, the biblical perspective. Let's look at the first one. Because angels, they sometimes, and they can, they're known as ministers of fire as well. They can show, I think that's who was at, at Pentecost. Each one had a personal angel and it appeared like Tongue of Fire. Can we show the video there, do you think? This is something that happened. This is how quick this guy's about to get hit and boom, what happened? Check that out. And all of a sudden this angel that just looks like a normal guy. And this guy gets out of the truck. He goes, man, I just ran over somebody but he was pulled out of there in just a flash of light, boom! Now how wild is that? And then he's just like a guy with a, you know, a hoodie, just a a hoodie guy, and and then he's done, job's done, and he just kind of starts to walk away, I think is what happens. He goes, he's got got, got a little bit of light going on on his hands there. I don't know what that's all about. This is a traffic camera. It's just interesting, isn't it? Um, What about the next one? See, this guy thinks he just ran over him. He's a little bit wild. Here's an angel in a mall. This was caught on a mall camera where in, a, in the middle of the, uh, all of a sudden, boom, gone. Isn't that wild? I mean, it's almost like, what the heck happened there? Well, what if there's another dimension reality? People came over. They said, there was just something happened here. Uh, uh, that's enough. But it's interesting. I have no way of verifying that that's authentic, but it actually actually parallels what the Bible says that angels are like, and that sometimes they just step across that little Thin membrane between being seen and being unseen. My last point: How do they look? Um, they look pretty. They look. They look just like you and I, most of the time. Other than that, white one, and the bright one with wings. And next week we'll look at the, the hierarchy. Um, I personally think that we need to both have eyes to see and ears to hear. There's been many times during worship, I'll go. That sounds better than that, that worship leader and those people. And I'll open up my eyes to look around because I think that angels are singing along. You know, I, I honestly do. Why wouldn't I? But if you, have, you need to have ears to hear and we need to have eyes to see. In a moment I'm gonna pray for discernment. For people who have had some encounters or are concerned about having an encounter and are not quite sure, can they discern between the good ones and the bad ones. Because there actually is both. Don't be afraid to show hospitality to strangers, for some have done this and have been entertained by angels without knowing it. Ah, I know specifically. Before I came to Christ, I was in the in the airport at Karachi, Pakistan, and this guy came up to me and they, they, I didn't have the right clothes to wear on the plane, and he gave me his. He's not going to go. I'm going to give you some clothes to wear so you can get on that plane because you need to get home. Had the most piercing blue eyes, a lot like my own, and. Um, He said, uh, he gave me, and he gave me his clothes. I got on, he said, you can give them back when I get on the plane. I got on the plane because he was on the same flight and I couldn't find him. I don't know. I don't know. But what if we can become comfortable with angels on assignment in these days? Because I personally believe that we are living in the days when there's going to be more and more spiritual activity. And for those of us who have eyes to see and ears to hear, we'll be able to discern. This is the best protection, I believe for end times. And not getting, not getting you know, uh, strange about it. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 15, it says, someone who looked like a man stood in front of me. What if all of a sudden, you know, your little, the radar inside you goes off and you says, I'm standing in the presence of a spiritual being. Which, I mean, would we act different? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I'd ask, are you an angel? Pastor Phil talks about last year in England, he he was praying before a service and he became aware someone was in the room, but he didn't want to turn around and he seen this gold sash come down here and he just got, he just said, I'm dead, I'm done. Because the angel showed up, not like a stranger, but in a glorified sense, not in a physical sense, but in a glorified sense. I think we all, if we were to see that, would wonder what's going on. The literal term for seraphim is a winged angel that appears as brilliant, glowing flame of fire. You know, when f- Satan fell, it says that, and I saw lightning fall. It was like a lightning flash, like that, instantaneous, like at the speed of light. Jesus said, don't rejoice over all that. But here's what I want to say. I think the Holy Spirit is accompanied by an angelic network. They've come, and they've come, he's come in these days to baptize the church with fresh fi- fire, I'm going to ask the band to come back before I close. He's come to actually fire up the church. Jude chapter 9, it says that one angel was commissioned to look after Moses' body. I believe there's angels commissioned today to look after the body of Christ. And to steward these last days. Empower and impassion his people for mission. I believe the Holy Spirit with his ministering spirits are firing up and stirring up and awakening promises and faith and favor once again. I see another campaign rising for the end times and the Holy Spirit's intentions for revival as prophesied in the book of Joel. It says that at Pentecost that 500 were invited to Pentecost but only 120 stayed. 380 thought that we've got better things to do. But they missed one of the greatest experiences in all history. I don't want to be one of those 380. I want to be one of the 120. God's coming again the ancient of days, and the armies of heaven. It seems to me that one of the purposes of angels today are to fire us up and light us up. We must be open to the invisible if we're going to accomplish the impossible. I think the Lord is giving us eyes to see what's taking place. Um, Let's be open to angelic activity. It says in Isaiah where actually an angel took some tongs and he grabbed a coal, and this is just... Interesting, how do you take something spiritual and step into the physical? And I, I don't pretend to understand how that works. But he said, I'm looking for someone I can send. And he says that he actually grabbed a live coal and he put it on Isaiah's mouth. What if, what if the seraphim are today grabbing coals once again and putting them in the mouths of men and women who will be faithful to the end times mission of spreading the great news of the gospel. And once again, he's looking for people who will say, you don't need to look any further, here am I. Send me. What if that were to take place once again? What if we live in those days? I personally believe that we are. I'm going to ask in just a moment, we're going to dim the lights, and I'm going to ask for people, you've actually personally been asking for discernment. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.